Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. So Helena, we've got some baseball news to dig into today. Chris Archer, the two-time All-Star, has taken up a new role with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Quite a shift, isn't it? Indeed, Stephen. From the mound to the office, it's a significant change for Archer. He's joining the Dodgers as an assistant to the baseball operations department. It's a pretty broad role, encompassing everything from player development to scouting and analytics. And it seems like this move is about more than just a job for Archer. He's looking at it as a chance to learn and perhaps even shape his future career path, whether it's in player development or the front office. It's quite an ambitious, Absolutely, Stephen. And there's a bit of history here, too. Andrew Friedman, the current Dodgers president of baseball operations, was the general manager of the Rays when Archer first broke into the majors. So there's a connection there. Right, Helena. Now, Archer's career has been somewhat derailed by injuries, including a surgery that cost him the entire 2020 season. But he's expressed a sense of contentment with his career, despite the challenges. Yes. And it's worth noting that Archer has had quite a journey in the major leagues. He's pitched for the Rays, the Pirates, and the Twins, earning all-star selections in 2015 and 2017. His stats speak to his skill and resilience. Absolutely, Helena. Over 243 games, he's had a 3.93 ERA, 1,454 strikeouts, and 476 walks in 1,357 innings. That's quite the resume. His postseason appearances were limited, but he did put up a strong performance for the Rays in the 2013 American League Division Series. And now he's stepping into a new phase of his career, one that could be just as impactful off the field as he was on it. It's going to be interesting to see how Archer's experience as a player shapes his contributions to the Dodgers' operations. From Major League Baseball to college football, we're now turning our attention to another sport, where exceptional talent continues to emerge. Let's delve into some exciting news coming from the world of college football. So Helena, shifting gears to college football, there's some big news coming out of Notre Dame, isn't there? Absolutely, Stephen. Safety Xavier Watts just clinched the Bronco Nagurski Award, which is no small feat. It's given to the top defensive player in the nation. And it's not like he was just handed this award. Watts has had quite the journey, hasn't he? Indeed, he's played both offense and defense, and he's been bouncing around trying to find his spot on the field. But it seems like all that hard work has paid off. Right. And he's been up against some stiff competition for the award, including the likes of Cooper DeGene and Jerzon Newton. But Watts has really stood out this season. Absolutely. He's been a game changer for Notre Dame, leading the FBS with seven interceptions and racking up 47 tackles. And did you know he's the first Irish player to pick off two passes in back-to-back -back games since 96? That's impressive. And it sounds like he's really taken his game to the next level this season. He said he used to lie in bed thinking about the plays he missed, but this season... Yeah, he's been bawling out, as he put it. And it's not just his college career that's looking up. His draft stock for the NFL has been skyrocketing. That's right, though he hasn't confirmed whether he'll enter the draft. Despite graduating from Notre Dame in May, he still has two years of athletic eligibility left due to redshirting in 2020 and the COVID year exemption. And he's in good company with the Nagurski Award.
Previous winners include names like Warren Sapp, Charles Woodson, and Aaron Donald. It's a pretty esteemed list to be a part of. Absolutely. From not being on anyone's radar to becoming one of the top defensive players in the nation, Xavier Watts is certainly a name to watch. From one field to another, let's switch our focus from football to soccer, where there's been a historic victory in the NCAA Division I Women's National Championship. Helena, it seems like the ladies of Florida State have been making some waves, haven't they? Helena, let's talk about that stunning win by Florida State over Stanford in the NCAA Division I Women's National Championship. Quite a game, wasn't it? Absolutely, Stephen. And not just a game, but a historic one at that. Florida State and Stanford made history, being the first two undefeated teams to clash in the championship. And what a clash it was. Florida State really showing their dominance with a 5-1 to one victory. They've become the first undefeated champion in over a decade, joining the 2011 Stanford squad. It's a remarkable achievement, isn't it? Stanford, known for their defense, had a 36-match streak of allowing one or fewer goals snapped. They'd only allowed 10 goals all season. But Florida State managed to break through that defense. Jordan Dudley and Jody Brown scored 26 seconds apart in the first half, turning the tide of the game. Indeed, and Dudley's goal came from a penalty kick after she was taken down in the box, while Brown's was a deflection off the crossbar. Stanford did manage to end Florida State's shutout streak, with Maya Doms scoring in the 52nd minute. But Florida State quickly regained control. That's right. Beata Olson scored on a breakaway just six minutes later, and Brown netted her second goal in the 61st minute. Then Anya Echegini sealed the deal with her 16th goal of the season. Florida State, the top-scoring offense in the country, has now scored a goal in 34 straight games. Quite a streak, isn't it? It's an impressive record, for sure. And to think, Stanford hadn't allowed five or more goals in a game since 1996. That's a testament to Florida State's offensive prowess. Absolutely, Helena. It's clear that Florida State's championship win is one for the history books. It'll be interesting to see how both teams evolve from this point onwards. Speaking of remarkable games, let's switch gears from the soccer field to the gridiron. We've got some highlights and analysis from an equally thrilling Monday night football matchup to discuss. This one saw some unexpected turns and injuries that could have major implications for the teams involved. Helena, let's talk about that Monday night football game where the Jacksonville Jaguars fell 34-31 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Quite a game, wasn't it? Absolutely, Stephen. But the major headline here is Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars quarterback, leaving the game in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury. Yeah, that's a huge blow for the Jaguars. But let's not forget about the Bengals' backup quarterback, Jake Browning, who really stepped up in this game. Indeed, he did. Filling in for the injured Joe Burrow, Browning led Cincinnati to a 21-14 lead late in the third quarter. Then, even after the Jags came back with a pair of touchdowns, Browning managed to even the score and command a late field goal drive. Right, and that drive came right after Lawrence was injured. The Jaguars' backup, C.J. Beathard, did manage to answer with a field goal drive of his own, but it wasn't enough to stave off the Bengals' win in overtime. Browning's performance was impressive, to say the least. 32 of 37 passing for 354 yards and two touchdowns. If the Bengals can replicate this type of performance, they stand a good chance at reaching the playoffs. 
absolutely. And it's worth noting that rookie running back Chase Brown is predicted to see more carries for the rest of the season. He showed some serious potential in his second game back from injury. True. Now on the Jaguars' side, if Lawrence is out for an extended period, they'll have to rely on Bethard, who hasn't started a game since Week 16 in 2021 with the San Francisco 49ers. He did manage to lead them into position for a game-tying field goal, but it's a tough position for the Jaguars. Absolutely. And let's not forget the pivotal play by rookie-wide receiver Parker Washington, who turned an interception into a touchdown. That was a game-changer. Indeed it was, Stephen. And then there's Josh Allen's interception of a trick play by the Bengals. Those plays really swung the momentum in the Jaguars' favor, but it just wasn't enough in the end. And that's the way the game goes sometimes. But one thing's for sure, the Jaguars will be looking to bounce back in their next game against the Cleveland Browns. That's right, Stephen. And the Bengals will be hoping to carry this momentum into their next game against the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be an interesting season ahead.